Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. Let's turn our attention to Luke chapter 6, verse 40. A disciple, that's you and me, is not above his teacher, that's Jesus. But everyone who has been fully trained will become like his teacher. Our hope here at Light Church is that we want to be with Jesus. And as we are with Jesus, we will slowly over time start to become more like Jesus. And as we become more like Jesus, we will start to do the very things that Jesus did. We call this practicing the way of Jesus. And it is our aim over the next three weeks, starting last week, this week, and next week, that we would, as a church, start to make really plain, simple, and clear what is our hope for us as a collective of disciples, both operating in unity together, but also in our everyday, ordinary lives, what it means for us to be disciples of Jesus, and what it means to pursue Jesus on mission together as we practice the way of Jesus. Now, We believe that to apprentice ourselves to Jesus or to be a disciple of Jesus is to order our lives around three central goals. The first being that we would be with Jesus. Secondly, that we would become like Jesus. And thirdly, that we would go and do the very things that Jesus did. And it is our conviction that according to scriptures, that as we live out this way, as we practice the way of Jesus together, our lives and our community will be renewed and transformed. And so last week, we spoke about what it means to be with Jesus, not just on a Sunday, not just at a church event, but what does it mean to be with Jesus day in and day out? What does it mean to spend time with Him 24-7? And today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what it means to become like Jesus. So, today, become like Jesus. This is really the end goal of discipleship or being a student or an apprentice, is that we want to become like Jesus. We usually call this spiritual formation in the church. Dallas Willard, he defines it like this. He says, spiritual formation in the Christian tradition is a process of increasingly being possessed and permeated by the character traits of Jesus as we walk in the easy yoke of discipleship with Jesus, our teacher. Now, it's my guess that I am not alone when I say I would like to become like Jesus. Like we read the Bible and we read the Gospels in particular and we read about what it was like to encounter Jesus or we read about who Jesus was as a man or is as a man and we can, be admire, we can admire him and we can be inspired to become like him. You know, I, I want to become the type of person uh, that is anxiety-free. You know, how good, how good does that sound? Or I want to become the type of person who's not always in a hurry or doesn't have digital addiction or is able to love my enemy or is full of grace and wisdom and truth. I want to grow and mature into the image of Jesus. And it is my assumption that I am not alone in that goal. So how do we become like Jesus? This is really the idea of coming under our rabbi's yoke, to use New Testament biblical language. It's, it, 
really is this idea of attaching ourselves to Jesus, drawing alongside him, and then following him and being with him in our daily rhythms so that we can become more like him. This really gives new meaning to Matthew chapter 11, which is that popular passage where Jesus says, come to me. This invitation to come and be with Jesus. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, which is to say my way of life, or to say be with me, attach yourself to me, do life alongside me. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if this is the case, you know, if, it, if coming alongside Jesus and taking his yoke upon us, if that is easy and light, then why don't more people live this way? Why don't more of us do that? In Matthew chapter 19, we get the story of the man who's called the rich young ruler. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 19, verse 16, all the way through to verse 26 together. Just then a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these things I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus, asked, Jesus looked at them and said, With man... This is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Now, in Luke's account of this same story, the statement of how hard it was for the rich young man was directed not to the disciples as a teaching moment for them, but rather Jesus confronted the rich young man, and it was almost as if Jesus was pleading with him to say, please, come follow me. Now, all throughout the Gospels, we get this account of where Jesus invites men and women to come and be his disciples, to come and follow him. But in this particular case, and in this particular story, when we look at Luke's account, it's as if Jesus is saying, please, pleading with him, begging him to come and follow him. Why? Because Jesus knows that to experience life, to have purpose, to find our own meaning, to find out what it means to enjoy not only our time on earth, but to inherit eternal life and all that that entails. Jesus is saying, hey, the way to gain access to all that is good, beautiful, and true is if you come and follow me and be my disciple. Dallas Willard, he goes on to say, the most important thing in your life is not what you do, 
It's who you become. That's what will take you into eternity. That's what you will take into eternity. So this is where the spiritual disciplines come in. Jesus firstly invites us, but there's also this undertone of him pleading with us to come and follow him, attach ourselves to his yoke, his way of life, his teachings, and then as we are with him, slowly to become more and more like him. And as we spoke a bit about last week, these uh, spiritual disciplines that we start to implement in our lives and rhythms and structures that we put in place in order to not only be with Jesus, but become like Jesus, these habits, if you will, things like prayer and fasting and Bible reading and hospitality and rest, uh, our lectios that we have available for everybody at Light Church, you can pick those up and, and start to practice the way of Jesus, put rhythms and structure into our daily lives so that we can encounter Jesus in the everyday stuff. Now, I really believe that the spiritual disciplines uh, help us to become more like Jesus. I believe that practice and commitment in our daily walk with Him produces fruit. I believe that it is our habits or the way in which we live our lives that shapes who we become. And, you know, we do what we become, to use that old adage. John Tyson, the New York pastor, he writes, our attention leads to our adoration. I'll say that again. Our attention leads to our adoration, meaning what we give our attention to is what we will eventually not only worship, but also become. And so I believe that the problem that we face today when we try and practice spiritual disciplines, where we try and spend time with Jesus, where we try and put structures and rhythms in place that help us not only be with Jesus, but become like Jesus, and so turn our minds towards Him, how we place our attention on Him, and slowly over time start to create a rhythm of discipleship. The, the problem that we face is that we are distracted. T.S. Eliot says that we live in this twittering world where people are distracted from distraction by distraction. And he goes on to say, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. John Orberg, he says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, it is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. What a haunting thought. Thomas Merton, he once called the, the rush and pressure of modern life a pervasive form of contemporary violence. So because if we understand, you know, what we give our attention to is the person we become, we need to start to evaluate our lives on both a daily rhythm, but also on a weekly, monthly, annual stage, you know, what are we centering our lives around? Or who are we centering our lives around? Where is our attention? John Mark Homer, he says, the mind is the portal to the soul. And, and what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. You know, in the end, our lives are no more than the sum of what we give our attention to. That bodes well, really, for apprentices or disciples of Jesus who give the bulk of their time and attention and energy and effort to Him, all the things that are good and beautiful and true in this world. 
but not really for those who give their attention to the 24-hour news cycle, the outrage and the anxiety and the emotionally charged drama of our non-stop social media feeds, celebrity gossip, the titillation and cultural drivel that we are surrounding ourselves with. But again, we become what we give our attention to, for better or for worse. We, we are all being shaped and formed by something or someone. And so the question is not, you know, what or are you being shaped and formed, but rather what or who are you being shaped and formed by? We have to ask ourselves, where is our attention? Or, or, or who or what are we following? You see, if we're following the cultural trends of this world, then we must not be surprised when we start to increasingly look more and more like the culture at large and less and less like Jesus. You see, we are called, friends, to be with Jesus all day, every day. And as we are with Jesus and our attention is with him and on him, we become more and more like him. We see this in Romans chapter 12, and I, I love Eugene Peterson's take on this as he translates it in the message translation of the Bible. He says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Now, with all of that said, I believe that the only way that we can do this, you know, the only way that we can become like Jesus, the only way that we can practice the spiritual disciplines of prayer and doing our lectures and, and reading the Bible and taking days of rest and practicing holy hospitality and generosity, and the only way that we can do that at, at a sustainable pace and in, in a way that actually shapes and forms and reforms our souls and our characters is by being filled with the transforming and renewing power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we do not have, we do not possess the willpower in and of ourselves to change. No, we cannot change ourselves. And so that's actually really good news for disciples of Jesus because that means that we get to take all of the pressure off. You know, the world today and the bookstores and our social media feeds are all filled with techniques or five steps to a better you, or how can we practice you know, self-help, and these things that could possibly be helpful, but we know really over time are very hard to sustain. And so we can take all of the pressure off ourselves because here's the reality. We were never designed by the creator of the universe who placed you in your mother's womb. We were not created to change ourselves. We are completely incapable of self-forced lasting change. You know, we have been uniquely designed by the creator of the universe to experience God. And as we experience God and we live life with him, by the power of his spirit, he changes and transforms us and makes us new. So we are called, friends, to be with Jesus. And as we are with him, to become like him. 
That means that we need to regularly be in the presence of Jesus and we need to regularly be filled by the power of His Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, we read, Now the Lord is the Spirit. So Jesus and the Spirit and God the Father, they're all one. We call this the Trinity or the Godhead. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We are all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image. Meaning as we place our attention on Jesus, He changes us into the image of Jesus by the power of His Spirit. With ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so, we so often look to change our behaviors in order to become like Jesus. You know, we think, okay, well, Jesus was really kind or really loving, so I need to get really kind and I need to be better at becoming loving or better at generosity or whatever the case may be. But if we're going to have change at a deep level that is both authentic and lasting, then we, need, we do not need behavior modification. What we actually require is a full soul transformation. We need to be made new. And so this means we need to live in a constant state of awareness of and connection to God's Holy Spirit, to quote Dallas Willard. We need to say yes every day to the Spirit's transforming power because, friends, the world around us that is, you know, in our everyday attention and kind of drawing us out of the way of Jesus, the world around us and its surrounding culture, it actually also has transforming power. Every day we come into contact with, you know, social media feeds and advertising and billboards and people living a different way of life. And that shapes and forms us if that is where our attention is. And so we are being shaped and formed whether we like it or not. So again, we have to ask ourselves the question, not are we being shaped and formed, but rather who or what are we being shaped and formed by? You know, the more time you spend with someone or a community, the more you begin to look like that someone or that community. Are we spending so much time with the world, so to speak, that we fit into the world without even realizing it, without even thinking? Or are we fixing our attention on God so that we can be changed from the inside out and look more like Jesus? Because according to the scriptures, we are designed to live in deep intimacy with the creator of the universe. But because the world around us is so broken, and because we live such busy and distracted lives in this modern day, there is this distance that is created with our intimacy with God the Father. And to use the New Testament biblical language, this can only be fixed by being filled with the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And so, what, is it, what does it mean? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, Simon Ponsonby, he says a that for us to be filled with the Spirit is a constantly repeatable, deepening experience of God's Spirit who brings a greater revelation of the person and work of Christ. The Spirit brings a blazing love for Christ, a greater and more effective empowering witness to Christ, and a transforming, here it is, a transforming conformity to the character of Christ. Meaning that as we are filled with the Spirit, our attention is placed on Christ, we are changed and renewed into the image of Christ, and our character becomes more and more like Jesus. And so this is how we become like Him. We are with Him, and we are filled by the power of His Spirit, and His Spirit changes and renews us so that we become more like Him. And so this is how we have the sustaining willpower to actually, over time, by 
practicing the disciplines by being intentional in the way we live and, and live out our daily lives, this is how we become like Him. Being filled with the Spirit means that we get a clear vision of who Jesus is, and then we are empowered to become more like Jesus. This is why we are, you know, we are filled with the Spirit. And, be, and because becoming like Jesus doesn't just happen overnight, we actually have to continually be filled and refilled and direct and redirect our minds towards Jesus. We need to be filled with the same Spirit of Jesus, not just once off, but each and every day. Meaning we need to submit ourselves to the person of Jesus and ask for an empowering infilling of His Spirit each and every day. And so the question about being filled is not, you know, is it one, a one-time crazy event or is it like I'm filled with the Spirit so I can just get on with my rest of my life and, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, I become like Jesus. No, the question is really, do you want more of God in your life? Do you want more of who God created you to be and you want that evidence in your character? Simon Ponsonby, he goes on to say, when the Bible speaks of being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's saying that one is consumed, one is taken over, impregnated, saturated, complete and replete with God's presence and power. To be filled with the Holy Spirit leaves no room to be filled with anything else. So friends, do you see what's happening here? To be filled with the Holy Spirit leaves no room to be filled with anything else. It's that old Christian one-liner, you know, less of me and more of him. Less of the world in me and more of Jesus Christ in me. Less of who the world wants me to be and more of who Jesus and God the Father created me to be by the power of his Spirit. So over time, I slowly become more like him. So the question I end with today is just the simple question of do you want more of God in your life? Do you want more of the presence and power of God in your life. Because friends, the presence of God is what will craft you and shape you into everything that you were created to be. And that is that we were created to become like Jesus. And that's really beautiful and it actually is really freeing because it means that we can stop striving to be anything else other than what God has created us to be. That we can fill the void in our hearts once and for all so that we don't have to hunger for love and earthly relationships, that we don't have to continue to go and seek like buying stuff and to gain more popularity or social standing, that we don't have to prove our own self-worth, but rather we can just let God fill what only God can fill, and then we can live our lives as ones who are immersed in a God reality. We can live our lives with Him. We can attach ourselves to Jesus' yoke and follow His ways and live in and live out of His love. We can encounter and experience God in the everyday stuff of life and we can allow the transforming power of His Holy Spirit to change and transform us into the character of Jesus. Gordon Fee in his book, he says that the best definition of who the Holy Spirit is, is God's empowering presence. And I love that, God's empowering presence. Presence, but I want to add a few words onto the back of that. I want to add to become like Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit is given to us as our helper to empower us to become like Jesus. God's empowering presence to become like Jesus. And so practically, how do we land today? What does this mean for you and for me tomorrow morning or evening or as we go to work or drop the kids at school? 
Well, there is an invitation from Jesus to come and follow him, to be with him. And then there is this posture of one who is a disciple or an apprentice of Jesus, where we open up ourselves to receiving his spirit so that we can get a greater vision and clarity of who Jesus is and we can become more like him. We can be filled with the transforming power of his presence. Because being filled with the Holy Spirit, it, it is saying that we are consumed, taken over, complete, replete, saturated with the presence and power of God. So my prayer for all of us this week is that we would submit ourselves to the authority of Christ, that, that we would invite the power and presence of the Holy Spirit into our hearts, not just once off, but each and every day, and say, Jesus, can you please, by the power of your Spirit, reveal more of who you are to me, more of what you desire for me, more of what you have created me to be, so that I can live into that reality. Holy Spirit, give me a revelation of Jesus' love so that I can live in and live out of the secure place that I am a beloved child of God, that I don't have to prove myself, that I don't have to earn my love, that I don't have to get better at my behavior, but that I just need to step into the freedom of the power of the Spirit and allow myself to be shaped and formed into the image of Christ as I am with Him. So let's pray together. Father, we invite your spirit to come and shape us, transform us, change us into the image of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that for every single person listening or watching this today, that the power of your spirit would make Jesus so real to us, that you would give us a greater revelation of Christ, that you would give us a greater empowering witness to Christ, and that you would shape us more and more into the image of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that the places of our heart that, and our soul and our minds where we are tempted to keep closed off, to keep separated from Christ, that you would give us the courage and wisdom to open up all of ourselves to the transforming witness of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come, that you would fall upon us, that you would change us, make us new. Give us wisdom in how we can structure out our lives to be with Jesus more to have greater encounters with him, and that over time, we would become more and more like Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. <laughs>